Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. You're listening to episode 167 of the Marathon Running Podcast. In this episode, we're going to do a Q&A with a registered dietitian. This is the Marathon Running Podcast by Letty and Ryan from We Got The Runs. Join us in our running community for weekly content that is motivational, educational, and inspirational, and let the Marathon Running Podcast take you from the starting line to the finish line and beyond. Hey runners, and welcome to episode 167. My name is Letty. I'm your host. My name is Ryan. I'm your co-host. And we are here like every Friday recording Monday's episode. Welcome, welcome. If you have listened before, thanks for tuning in. Welcome back if you're a new listener. We hope you find our information useful. We try to find good guests and hopefully get stuff that will help all the runners improve or be more excited about running. So, Lenny, how's your training going? Are you training for anything in the future? Yes, I am. I'm training for the Chicago Marathon, which is October 8th. So, if you guys are going, let's connect. And then also on the schedule, we have the New York Marathon, which is a month after Chicago. And I don't think I'm going to be training, training for that one. I think I'll just kind of go with it because the course is pretty hilly and not my favorite type of course. But I think the event is something that I'm looking forward to more than the actual marathon. Yeah, I don't think of it as that hilly, the way the course runs, but it is, there is a lot of bridges. So yeah. So besides running, do you have any other events that you're going to? Yes. I also, in November, after Thanksgiving, am attending the running event. What running event? The running event. Yeah, but which one? The running event. (laughs) It's an event called The Running Event. It's basically the biggest running expo in the country, and it's for a lot of the industry leaders. So I'm attending it as media for the Marathon Running Podcast. So that's going to be super fun as well. Looking forward to that. Uh, Besides that, I think that should be it, which, you know, it is a lot. It's three events within two months. Well, anyone that has listened to our podcast knows how much you like Expo, so I wonder if it'll meet your expectations. Well, I'm hoping so, because you get to see the newest stuff that hasn't even come out yet. So it's a lot of running retailers and panels, all that fun stuff that I enjoy so much. And you don't even have to run a marathon. So you'll have to report back. Yes, I'll definitely have a whole podcast probably talking about the running event. So if you're in the area of Austin, Austin. let me know and we can go for a jiggle. And if you guys are interested in signing up for Tokyo, I believe the lottery for Tokyo opens August 15th. Put that down on your calendar because we don't have enough entrance for these lotteries yet. 
<laughs> I think they have a think a I think they have an approval rate of four percent or something ridiculously low. So that's a lot. I'm sure we'll talk about those as the year goes on. Yes. So what are we talking about today? So today we're going to do a Q&A with a registered dietitian, Serena Marie RD. We've had her on a few times already. We had some listener questions coming in in regards to running nutrition. So that's always super interesting. Questions such as what to eat before the run, how to avoid stomach issues. We're talking about hydration. We're talking about supplements and foods that help you run better. So a lot of questions. So it's definitely worth a listen and you can learn something hopefully. That's what we're here for. So you want to get into it? Yep. So without any further ado, we're now going to play our interview with Serena Marie RD. All right. We are back on with Serena Marie RD, registered dietitian. Serena, thank you so much for coming back on our show. Of course. This is like my favorite thing to do. I love chatting with you. I love your community. So I'm super happy to be here. That's awesome. And they love you because I did post an Instagram story saying that we're going to have you on and hopefully do a Q&A asking them for questions. And we got quite a few questions, which is great because our Instagram is not that big. But uh, yeah, so let's hop into that if you are ready. I'm totally ready. Let's do it. All right. So the first question is, a person is asking, what should I eat before a run to have enough energy without feeling too heavy? Yeah. So, um, Letty gave me all of these questions, like a, a bunch of questions. And I, I was kind of looking through them and, and some of them kind of, um, were the same question, just asked differently. So hoping as we kind of answer this question, we're also kind of going to be navigating how to avoid cramps and, and stomach issues and also kind of navigating as well. Um, just kind of how to make sure you're fueling your run correctly. So when we're thinking about fueling our runs, um, first and foremost, I want to say I'm proud of you for knowing you need to fuel. We're not just skipping the fueling part because you have to navigate, you know, the fact that sometimes food can make us feel heavier. I always like to ask my athletes, one, how much time do you have to digest? And two, how long is your workout going to be? So if you have um, time to digest, that workout pre-workout snack is going to look different than if you don't have any time to digest. So ideally, we're eating a pre-workout snack and hour to an hour and a half before our run. If we want to have it be a little bit bigger and a little bit more um, satisfying, a little heavier, so to speak. And in these pre-workout snacks, if we're doing something like toast with some banana slices and peanut butter, or if we're doing something like um, some, I love freezer waffles, like, you know, the Eggos, right? Like the low fiber freezer waffles, um, putting those in the, in the toaster oven and then putting, um, you know, some, a little bit of butter or syrup on it. When we have a carbohydrate, a low fiber carbohydrate paired with a little bit of fat or protein, we need more time to digest an hour to an hour and a half. Cheerios or honey nut Cheerios with some cow's milk, which is giving you that protein right? Those snacks just need a little bit more time to digest. But when you go running an hour and a half later, it should feel comfortable in your belly. Now, if you are one of my, I wake up and I go running kind of people and you don't want to be waking up, you know, a whole hour and a half earlier to eat some breakfast. Um, that's when we really just want to stick to super quick and easy to digest carbohydrates. Um, so that's where the things like 
having a gel or a manufactured sports food like a honey stinger waffle comes into um comes into mind. But then also things like sweetened applesauce packets. I'll have like two of those squeezy sweetened applesauce packets you'll give to your kids, like two of those before you go running, digest really quick and easy. Um Three sheets of graham crackers digest really quick and easy. Having uh, a Rice Krispie treat or two, depending on how big they are, that digests quick and easy. Right now, I'm obsessed with Pop-Tarts. That's like my go-to is I'll have a Pop-Tart um, before I run. And then I usually pair these foods with sports drink. So having some kind of sports drink, whether you're drink- drinking it an hour or hour and a half before or just a few minutes before, having some kind of sports drink to just kind of prime you to have those electrolytes and that salt in your belly um, to kind of adequately adequately get you through your workout. Okay. So if we've eaten with enough time to digest and we've eaten a low fiber food that doesn't have too much protein and fat, it should digest just fine. And we should therefore avoid cramping and stomach stomach issues during long runs. Um, I want to kind of pause here because I have a little bit more to say, Letty, but do you have any questions about what I've said so far? No, it makes really good sense. Thanks for uh, pointing out the timing of all of this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, people be like, oh, I, you know, I had toast and peanut butter and banana, you know, five minutes before I left the house. And it's like, okay, you're on the right track there. But that food does is just a little heavier. It needs a little bit more time to digest. Um. So, so yeah, so we're looking at what you're eating, but then we're also looking at hydration. When we want to avoid cramping, we want to avoid stomach issues. We also want to kind of just be aware of like, have I been having enough electrolytes um, on, a, on a day-to-day basis? I think a lot of times water becomes like our mainstay, the thing we're drinking and consuming and water is wonderful for you. But if we're thinking about how we are losing and sweating out electrolytes and salt and sodium when we are running, we also want to make sure to just be replacing that. And that can come in the form of drinking sports drink before your long run. Um, depending on what kind of workout you're doing, sometimes I'll have my athletes drink sports drink the night before their long run or their race. They'll do a preload. Um, and then also taking in electrolytes and salt during your long run is also important. So just kind of realizing that salt and electrolyte component is super important to preventing um, GI issues or that heavy feeling as well. Okay, perfect. And thank you for that. And I guess you're already starting to answer a little bit of the next questions which are what's the best way to stay hydrated during runs, especially when it's hot outside. And along with that, the question, do I need to worry about enough electrolytes and how can I do that? And also how can I avoid feeling sick when using energy gels or sports drinks during that run? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So all of this goes hand to hand. So, um, and, and it even kind of still is, is kind of even tying into the stomach issues during long runs question from earlier. Um, so when we are thinking about staying hydrated during runs, we want to think about, um, the fact that depending on how hot and humid, depending on the dew point, that's going to affect how much um, fluid and electrolytes we need, right? As it becomes more humid and hot, we are going to need more fluid and electrolytes or sodium versus when it's winter and it's cooler outside. So just kind of realizing there is this frustrating piece where you might be like, oh, I've really nailed this hydration piece. And then, you know, all of a sudden the summer heat comes in and you're starting right back at ground zero. Okay, so I do want to kind of just recognize the fact that it it does really ebb and flow and practice makes perfect 
perfect here. Like once you've been running for long enough and practicing with hydration, I think you start to really understand what your body's kind of telling you, like, do I need more salt or do I need more fluid? And you, you kind of really start to like understand how to listen to your body, but it really just kind of does require patience and practice. So in order to stay adequately hydrated during runs, we are aiming for around 16 ounces of fluid per hour at a minimum. Okay. So yes, it may be you're more petite. Maybe you're more of a 12 ounce or a 14 ounce, or maybe you are a taller person and maybe you're more of a 20 ounce but kind of in that range is that minimum amount of fluid that we are aiming for. And then also kind of thinking about electrolytes. So when we sweat, we are losing salt, we are losing potassium, we are losing calcium and magnesium. But sodium is the really the electrolyte that we are losing in the greatest quantities when we are running. So generally what I recommend is if you're choosing a sports drink to take with you on your run to use for hydration, the sports drink should be containing around 300-ish milligrams of sodium per 16 ounces. That is usually enough salt to get you kind of to that bare minimum amount of um, sodium that you need per hour. Runners should be aiming for about 300 to 700 milligrams of sodium per hour. I feel like I'm like throwing tons of numbers at you, but Hopefully you're taking notes. So we're aiming for 16-ish ounces of fluid per hour. We're aiming for 300 to 700 milligrams of sodium per hour. And if you are somebody like me who doesn't like that sweet flavor, like drinking it, sipping on it constantly, um, you do, you can keep in mind there are brands that have these lower, um, less sweetened, I think they call them like the naked um, flavors that have less sweetness, sweetness, like scratch makes it, tailwind makes it. You can do that or you can drink water and take salt capsules to get enough electrolytes, um, through those capsules. And by doing so, this is going to help to improve your chances of not having cramping, not having GI intolerance. When you're taking your gels, if they are not labeled as isotonic, it is important to be drinking fluid, whether it's sports drink or water while you're taking your gel to improve the tolerance. And yeah, that's a good place to start. We can always like nitpick and change and tweak and personalize things, but that's a really good place to start. Okay. Yeah. I'm kind of shocked by that number because I'm picturing a scale and putting salt on it because I add a lot of salt to my drinks. And I know that it's way more than 300 milligrams, right? Because even a gram is just a tiny little, you know, bit of salt. So that's, uh, that's kind of cool. It's interesting to kind of picture that in your head. Yeah. So 300 milligrams is less than a gram, right? Because, okay. Yeah. So yeah, sorry. I just wanted to make sure. So we're, we're thinking about if you have, um, two teaspoons of salt, that's usually giving you around 2,400 milligrams of sodium and two teaspoons of salt. Um, so yeah, it is a large amount. And I, and I do get this question a lot is like, what if I have high blood pressure? Like, um, is it safe to eat all that salt? And um, what I usually say is I think if you have high blood pressure, it's worth kind of reaching out. You can even DM me and we can talk about it just to give you a little bit more of personalization here. But even if you have a high blood you're still sweating out salt when you run. Like you're still, it's not like you magically don't lose sodium when you run. Um, so there's some, that's something to keep in mind. But then also just in general, for those of us who do not have high blood pressure, um, 
you know, sodium intake doesn't magically lead to high blood pressure. Like there are other factors that are going to contribute to high blood pressure. And so the fact that we're running is reducing our chance of developing high blood pressure. If you're eating a diet rich in potassium, so you're eating lots of legumes and fruits and vegetables and dairy and nuts and seeds, that potassium intake is going to kind of balance that salt intake. So generally I encourage my runners to add salt to their foods. Yeah. And as if we think about it, and this is kind of gross, but as runners, once we're done running and we dry off, we have all these white patches on our skin and clothes, and it's literally how much salt we just lost. So yeah, I think that's such a beautiful way of kind of like making it more tangible, right? Because I'm just throwing these big, scary numbers at you. But yeah, Letty, that's such a good way of thinking of it. Like you're literally wiping off hundreds of milligrams of sodium every time you like use your towel. Yeah, it's pretty gross, but all right. So let's move on to the next couple of questions. And they are about supplementing and uh, idealizing your food. So one of the questions is, should I take any vitamins or supplements to be a better runner? Also, are there any specific foods or supplements that can make me a better runner? And then the last question in regards to that is, again, are there any certain foods that can help me avoid injuries or recover faster if I do get injured? Yeah, such good questions. Um, okay, so the number one thing you need to do if you're a runner is eat enough food. Okay, I don't care like if you're eating all the magical beets in the universe or drinking the tart cherry juice. If come the end of the day, you are not getting enough calories in, you're causing an immense stress load to your body. Training already is a lot of stress to the body. And then plus, you know, goodness knows what else you have going on in your life that's stressful because you know, that's how life works. Um, so, you know, we do need to make sure that we are at least doing our body a solid. We're treating her like our teammate or him like our teammate. And we are giving our body enough food to function correctly. That is the number one most important thing you can do. If you need help with that, follow me at Serena Marie RD on Instagram, because that's basically what I talk about all day long. Um, so, but once we, once we nail that, once we are able to say confidently, yes, I am eating enough food, I'm eating enough calories, my performance plate is chef's kiss, that is when we can start to now add in the hacks and the tweaks to really up-level our nutrition. So um, kind of going through these questions, thinking about specific supplements or vitamins. Um, this is definitely something that requires a little bit more personalization, like, you know, knowing is this athlete in perimenopause or is this athlete getting her cycle or is this athlete a guy? And, you know, knowing a little bit more about you can really help me with customizing you know, supplement recommendations. But one thing that I will say, I, I guess a handful of things that I will say I, I kind of recommend generally for most people. One would be creatine. Um, if you are in a season of training where you're kind of training for a half marathon, a marathon, an ultra, um, you know, kind of really focusing on doing um, endurance training, creatine actually can be a really awesome supplement for, for us runners. And I think it really has a lot of like, uh, popularity in the bodybuilding world. And um, I think runners tend to be like, wait, what? But creatine is very safe. It's very well studied. So it's one of those things where I feel really confident um, the risk is, is not super high. Of course, you have to always discuss supplements with your doctor because I don't know if you're on medication. I don't know your past medical history if you're listening to this. Um, 
McCreatine is generally recognized as safe. And essentially what it's doing is it's especially beneficial for my plant-based athletes or my vegetarian athletes. Our body makes some creatine on its own, but when we're supplementing it with exogenous creatine, what we're doing is we're boosting the creatine stores in our muscles. And this can actually help us produce ATP, which is energy. So it actually can help us like go further, go longer, run longer with less perceived effort, feeling stronger. Creatine also has um, a role in the arginine, like nitric oxide synthase pathway, which can actually help with reducing inflammation in the body and getting more oxygenated blood to our muscles. So um, it plays a really important role there. And then last but not least, it also plays a role in helping our body to hold on to more glycogen, which is stored sugar. And when we are running, having that glycogen store be really optimized right? If you think about carb loading, that's the point of that. Um, that's going to help us to hold on to hydration and energy stores so that we don't hit the wall when we run. So I'm a big fan of creatine for athletes. And um, if you actually reach out to me on Instagram, I can give you a, a discount code for, for some creatine as well, 20% off. Um, but creatine monohydrate is what you're looking for. And usually what I generally say is taking five grams a day um, in order to really support your training. So creatine is my go-to. I also want to give like little, you know, shout outs as well to omega-3 supplements, really reducing inflammation can help with supporting lean body mass um, creation, which is awesome. Um, I'm always a fan of probiotics, not a lot of performance specific benefits there. I just think probiotics are the best for human beings. So those would be like my, my shout outs as well. Okay. So that's really my supplements that I'm recommending. Like I said, um, there's other ones. We could talk about vitamin D. We could talk about a bunch of things, but I think really if we're giving it just a general blanket statement, creatine would be my go-to. Um, specific foods. So again, um, we got to be making sure we're eating enough, period. But once we kind of get good at that, I would say kind of thinking about foods that are rich in nitric oxide can be a really um, beneficial way to supplement your intake. So foods that are rich in nitric oxide, I think the most popular ones, the ones that we see on Instagram the most would probably be like beets or beet juice and tart cherry juice. These foods, essentially what they do is if you think about um, like a little circle and you think of that circle as being your blood vessel. And then if you make that circle wider, right now the circle is bigger, that blood vessel is dilating. It now can basically deliver more oxygenated blood to your muscles. And therefore that's going to make your performance um, improve. It's going to make you push harder with less perceived effort. It also has other benefits. Like it's really anti, um, it, it helps with anti-inflammation, antioxidants. It also helps reduce blood pressure. So also a lot Lots of non, uh, non-performance non wins there. But I usually tell my athletes, have a glass of tart cherry juice or beet juice before bed to just stay consistent with that. Um, dark green leafy vegetables like kale and spinach also have nitric oxide. Watermelon has nitric oxide. Seaweed has nitric oxide. But for me, I think just drinking a glass of one of those uh, tart cherry juice or beet juice each day is just, it's like easy to stay consistent in that way. Um, we want to be thinking about... Um, Iron-rich foods, especially if you are a woman athlete who is um, getting her cycle because you're losing blood each month, obviously. And so runners are at higher risk for anemia um, or essentially, you know, higher risk for damaging their red blood cells because when our foot strikes the ground, there is this hemolytic effect. We're kind of like 
exploding our red blood cells when our foot hits the ground. So we're losing um, red blood cells that way. And then also if you're um, a cycling, an athlete with her cycle, you're losing red blood cells that way with, with your period. So um, thinking about how we can make sure we're checking our ferritin, we're checking our iron when we go to the doctor to stay ahead of um, anemia. And then just, you know, really just it's one of those things I do not recommend taking a supplement, an iron supplement prophylactically, but I do recommend making sure your diet is rich in iron, whether you are a male or a female athlete, whether you're getting your cycle or not getting your cycle, um, choosing foods that are rich in iron. So that's going to be either my heme iron sources, my super bioavailable food sources, which are things like um, meat and fish, especially our um like our, our dark colored poultry, like the the chicken thigh versus the breast is the white, the white meat. Um, oysters, um, sardines, anchovies, these foods are shrimp. These foods are rich in iron. And then my plant-based athletes, you guys are choosing those non-heme sources of iron, which are less bioavailable. So we have to do a little bit of uh, chemistry and make sure that it becomes more bioavailable by pairing the foods. So my plant-based sources of iron are going to be things like those dark green leafy vegetables, like um, kale or spinach or bok choy. It's going to be um, certain fruits like dried um, dried apricots. It's going to be beans and legumes, so lentils and bean and black beans. But then we want to pair it with an acid. So we want to pair it with balsamic vinegar or orange juice or lemon juice or lime juice in order to increase the bioavailability. Um, so those foods are super, super important. I think we can also give a shout out to like calcium and vitamin D rich foods just to keep our bones strong. So um, things like milk and dairy, cheese, um, dark green leafy vegetables that have been soaked in water or cooked gently to increase the bioavailability of the calcium, um, tofu, almonds, those are all ways to just get some extra calcium. And then vitamin D rich foods would be things like salmon with the bones, <laughs> anchovy, sardines, or just supplementing with a supplement uh, 2000 IU a day because it's hard to get vitamin D um, from food. You do get it from the sun though, depending on where you live. That's so interesting, Serena. I'd never heard about the pairing to make the iron come out more. I do have a question though, because you mentioned that you don't like supplementing iron with iron pills, basically. Uh, why? Yeah. So thank you for clarifying. I do not like prophylactically supplementing iron. So if you have an iron deficiency, go for it. Supplement with iron, perfectly good. But I don't recommend just kind of like taking the iron pill to stay ahead of iron deficiency if your iron is normal. Um, so iron, first of all, depending on this, the, the type you're taking, can be very... Um, kind of aggravating to the gut. It can cause um, a lot of constipation issues. So that's one thing. But then also iron is one of those um, like minerals that are being tightly regulated in the body for a reason. So having like high iron can actually cause issues. It can increase your risk of getting sick. Um, it can cause all these GI issues. It can be aggravating to the gut. And then having low iron is also bad because we're not creating red blood cells um, the red blood cells are not being created to be like the proper size so that they can hold on to oxygen. They're microcytic. So we need our iron to be like just right, like Goldilocks, right? Like just right. And so we don't want to supplement if we already have a healthy level of iron. We only want to supplement with pills if we are deficient. Okay, perfect. Thank you so much for clarifying that. And thank you for talking to us about these questions. Hopefully we can have a second session of this Q&A because we have 
many more questions, but we're running out of time. Um, perhaps you can tell our listeners just briefly how they can find you and be in touch with you if they need to be. Absolutely. So um, my name is Serena. I am a being, you can find me at Instagram at Serena Marie RD. And you can send me messages there, send me DMs there. I do actually have a mini training all about like how to fuel your runs correctly. So if you DM me, um, fuel me um, at Serena Marie RD on Instagram, I'll send you that free training. You can check it out. It might actually answer some of these other questions that we didn't get a chance to cover today. Um, but I'm also always happy to come back on the show for part two. That 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 makes me happy to hear. Very awesome. No pressure. <laughs> Thank you so much. You're welcome. Bye. Thank you, Serena, for coming on and speaking to us and giving us your knowledge. We really appreciate you. All of Serena's contact information will be posted in our show notes. So that's it for today. Thanks again for tuning in. Check out our website, www.marathonrunningpodcast.com. I'm super proud of that website because we actually were able to get that domain finally. But you're probably still going to work on it for a bit. Is it all completed? Yes, it's all up and running. We have our intro up there. We have all of our episodes up there that you can access from any platforms that you prefer. We also have a blog on there that we are trying to be more consistent with. And in the future, we will have something else on there as well, which we'll announce probably next month or so, right in time for Christmas. So look forward to that. And that's it for today. So with that, have a good week, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. For more information, head to www.runningpodcast.us. And as always, have a great week of running.